Hello and welcome to PA Traveler Podcast Episode 4. I'm your host, Kenny Dodson, and today I'm here with a very special guest, one of my best friends uh, and former volleyball teammate, Ben Rokas. Um, welcome to the program, Ben, and can you introduce yourself for everybody? Hi, Kenny. Thanks for having me tonight. Uh, as Kenny said, I'm, I'm one of his best friends. Uh, we go back to our college days playing volleyball. I hail uh, currently from Westchester, PA. I am an amateur volleyball player at best. I think Kenny will agree to that. No. Um, also- <laughs> <laughs> You're not even an amateur, dude. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Ouch. Just kidding. No. No, you're good. You're good. No. Uh, also uh, a very uh, proud beer enthusiast in the area. So one of my uh, main hobbies that I have out here. So thanks for having me, Kenny. Nice. All right. Well, <laughs> I wanted to start out because this is something I thought of today. Do you have an issue with sinuses? That no, I, I can't really say I do. Why is that, Kenny? Oh, because mine are brutal, <laughs> absolutely brutal. And there's something going on with you know this weather is being really weird. How it's fluctuating so much. Like it went from being summer to winter, <laughs> yeah. And now it's back to and then it went back to fall and then went, it went almost to summer again. And it's one of those times where you think that Mother Nature is just out of her mind, can't make up. But you know. Like you said, summer, I, I'm surprised we haven't had snow yet, but we're close. Well, last year, the leaves were like falling off whenever they were still green because they didn't know what to do. It, <laughs> summer lasted into like, what was it? Like almost into November practically last year. But we did have like an 80 degree uh, Thanksgiving or Christmas one of the years. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, there's some nice fall color going on now. Um, but <laughs> but the sinuses aspect is just really has been uh hard for me all these years like people thought it was migraines originally and mm-hmm. it turns out it was just i was like uh, describing to the neurologist okay my brain it feels like someone is going like this and i was just like pretending i was squeezing something I'm now, like, did they first check to make sure you had a brain was that was that part of it or? uh it was so small it barely showed up on the brain scan I just sure. <laughs> yeah i was kind of like some some sort of uh what's what what's a animal that has a gigantic cranial cavity but a really small brain alligator, I guess. I don't know. Either that or like ostrich comes to mind. <laughs> I didn't know that about ostriches. So like, every, everybody learned something. But um, yeah, I, I was thinking about about the sinus thing and just how horrible uh, it's been recently. Yeah, it's definitely that time of year when it's the, the autumn and fall time when sinuses and allergies start coming back. So I definitely feel for all the people out there. Thankfully, uh, I'm not one of them, but. I'll tell you something that isn't here, though, which is I'm very thankful for is in Texas, we had cedar. Ooh, I don't know if you've ever like experienced cedar, but it's it's probably the worst that you could possibly (laughs) think of. It's like every day you'd see the weather report and the cedar was off the chart. So I think that's what I used to struggle with. But I don't think that's something we've got out my way. But yeah, so we talked about your volleyball player. That is true. I am a volleyball player. I am also a volleyball player. Um, and one thing that I noticed living in other states, and you can probably attest to this, is Pennsylvania has one of the best volleyball scenes that I've experienced. Like I've lived in five or six different states now, and three of them I couldn't even find volleyball for for men specifically, but even even uh, women volleyball was was a little scarce. So I noticed something that you know next to California, Pennsylvania seems to be the best. I'd have to agree with you on that one, Kenny. Uh, you know, growing up in PA all my life, uh, you know, experiencing volleyball from high school on and and moving from one side of the state to the other, it, it has become apparent that volleyball is a thriving sport in this state, whether it be, uh, you know, co-ed volleyball, men's, women's, indoor, outdoor, it's absolutely everywhere. And it doesn't matter where you go or who you ask, you'll find somebody that knows something about it or where to play it. Yeah, and a great thing that I found about the tournaments, uh, just going to some, like, since I moved back, seeing that they're pretty much every level you can think of, there's a, a division for it. So even if you're, you know, just pick up church league, whatever you want to call it, volleyball, that's, there's something for that. And and I think uh, a lot of people aren't aware of the kind of scene that's out there. Oh, ab- absolutely. It's one thing about the sport to to actually know it and be in the thick of things and know what you're doing. But as you said, for those people that just want to go out and, and play kind of like a, a rec league or get into it as something to do with nights with friends, there's definitely a giant scene around here for that, um, especially around me, but also 
you know, growing in other parts of the state as well. Yeah. And growing up, a lot of uh, teams used to go out and uh, actually beat California teams when they would play club volleyball and stuff. So it's it's not something that, you know, we're completely losing in either. Like you look at the Penn State programs for volleyball and they're really something that well, one thing a lot of people don't realize is that there's professional volleyball overseas. It's not really here quite yet, but, you know, people are making literal millions of dollars playing volleyball. So I think a lot of people steer people away from volleyball when you can if you can get good enough and feed them into the Penn State system, like a lot of those people go on to play national teams and and go overseas and make millions of dollars. So I think people will hold back uh, their kids sometimes from volleyball for fear that it doesn't lead to anything beyond a certain point. Absolutely. But I mean, the other thing, too, is is not only at the professional league that there is starting to come up now and you're seeing, you know, national teams, you're also seeing a lot of different teams in um, Europe that are just is coming about and people are going over the play there after college and spending their careers. But you're also seeing a lot of the, the amateur clubs and things. So it's starting at that young age. So uh, being a volleyball player and enthusiast myself, I've actually coached some uh, girls out in my area before and they start at ages 12 and under and it's just so phenomenal and interesting to see that there's programs to develop these players throughout their youth into their you know college years as well oh yeah i think i might want to get back into coaching eventually for like excessively young kids like when i started you know i mean i started bumping a volleyball when i was three but <laughs> that's <Yeah>. that's not <laughs> competitive right now but yeah i i definitely want to get into something like that one day um, let's go towards the beer. Ooh. Now, one thing we talked about on the first episode was, um, the Altoona episode was that Pen- Pennsylvania leads all other states in the export of craft beer. It, it wasn't the drinking aspect, but it was the actual creating and shipping it out and selling it here and everything like that. Did, did, are you aware of that? See, I wasn't aware that we were the the major exporter. I know there's plenty of other states that manufacture large quantities of beer, but I didn't realize Pennsylvania was one of the leaders. Yeah. And, you know, I guess I should say fact check me because <laughs> I think it may be maybe production of craft beer. So maybe saying exporter isn't the correct terminology. I think the but... main word that you're saying there is craft beer. So yes. There's the, there's the big difference between craft beer and and the macro breweries, which are the large, uh, you know, we're talking like Miller and Coors, um, that just produce the mass quantities of beer. That's all the same. That you know they can make millions upon millions of it, or, or cans, bottles, what have you, and get it everywhere worldwide. Where I, I think what you're going to more is uh, the smaller breweries that kind of have their niche markets and they don't get to ship worldwide. So it's kind of funny when you go to different beer places and especially in the past, you know, uh, five to 10 years you've seen, I've traveled a little bit across the country and people are like, Oh, we just got this beer in today. It's great. You should try it. You know, it's from this other state and it's a great brewery. And then, you know, someone hands you a yingling and you're like, this is down the road for me. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, I know some people complain that yingling isn't in there. Like I guess Texas is, not really familiar with Yingling as much. I know my buddy who was on here said that he he loved it when he was here and thought it was one of the best, like that style of beer that that he had tasted, but it wasn't in Texas when he went back. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great standard lager from America's oldest brewery out of what, Pottsville, PA, I think. Or is it Pottsville or Potts? It's, yeah, it's Pottsville, not Pottstown. Pottsville. Those are two different places. Right. Um but yeah, it, it's standard. It's one of those beers that you know got me into drinking, uh, you know, craft beer and other beers as well. But the beer scene in Pennsylvania, like you said, it it's kind of crazy right now. So I don't know if you've noticed this or if anybody else has, just in general. But in the past five years, you've seen all these tiny breweries opening up in every little nook and cranny of the state. Uh, yeah, you've seen that. In your you know in your travels so far. Well, that's one of the reasons why. I decided to move back to Pennsylvania, actually no joke, because I had this theory uh, going around to all the small towns in Texas who are, you know, revitalizing themselves or have always been uh, the way that they've been. Essentially, they haven't completely shut down or gone into being decrepit or anything like that. Um, And Pennsylvania, you know, we had a lot of industry that had declined 
over the years. And it seems like you go to these little downtowns in places like, you know, Altoona, for example. And and I have this theory. If you want to revitalize an area, you need a craft brewery there <laughs> and an awesome coffee shop. And or Altoona, Altoona happened to best do of both worlds and combine them into one. So you have a uh, coffee with your beer in the morning. Is that how it is? Well, normally coffee in the morning and then coffee beer later. Coffee beer? Is that the thing? Oh, there is a uh, coffee style beer. Normally it's a dark beer. So you get that rich, multi bitter coffee flavor, but you know, in alcoholic form. So it doesn't give you that caffeine boost in the morning, but uh, wouldn't recommend drinking a few and then driving. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the funny thing that I saw about you was when we were doing your, uh, you did your beer tasting for your bachelor weekend where we were at your brother's house and everybody was pouring like a little bit and like swirling it around and then drinking it and sticking your nose in it and all that stuff. I was like, they have beer tastings, like wine tastings. You know, you, never in my life would I have thought that, that a beer tasting would be a thing until, you know, the past couple of years. But yes, it's there's so many different kinds of beer out there from all over. Uh, I mean, just in about a 20 minute radius of Westchester right now, there's probably at least 10 to 15 different breweries that I could go to. And all of them are going to have their own different style of beer. So it ranges, like you said, Yingling is a lager. There's IPAs, which are India Pale Ales. You could have Porters, Stouts, Imperials. Uh, I mean, you name it. There's so many different types of tastes and smells that go with it. And it's just mind-boggling. And you said this is within the last five years, mostly. Absolutely. I, I know there's been one locally. Um, actually, it's about 10 minutes away from my house, local in Westchester. Uh, it's called Levante Brewing. And these guys have opened, I think they've been open for a little over three years now, and they've just been thriving in the market. So all they do is beer. They don't have a kitchen or restaurant associated with it, uh, but they do uh, go off of one of the more like Southern California ideas where they bring in food trucks and food trucks have started to come into the area as well. Right. So you get the best of both worlds. So you can come talk with your friends, have a beer, you know, play some cornhole and whatnot, and then, you know, go to get a taco or an empanada or. Dude, when I lived in LA, I didn't know the world of food trucks. Now in Texas, they're, they were big in Austin living there, but they were all like parked. They had like these food truck parks where it might as well be a restaurant because it's not moving. Uh, But but in in L.A., they would be on such and such corner at this time on this day. And like they would have their little routines and whatever and park outside the big, you know, uh, tech buildings and and the workers would come out and they would eat whatever. And uh, there was this one called Nom Nom that Mm. I loved. (laughs) It was Vietnamese sandwiches. The first time I ever had a Vietnamese sandwich. Uh, bon me style. A bon me. Oh, bon me sandwiches are. Yep. Mwah. Yeah, I I absolutely adored it. <laughs> and then they drove up to San Francisco and left. Oh, that's and so- I was so sad. I I don't know if it was like some ordinance that drove them away or their family or something, but yeah, they they left the place. But it's really interesting that they can just leave, right? Oh it's, yeah. It's like <laughs> if you uh if you find out an area is not working for you, just bounce, right? Oh, definitely. And and I mean, even I've got. Probably my three favorite food trucks out here that I've scoured over the past four or five years. Uh, one is actually called the Flying Dutchman. It's great. So it is this wonderful German chef who makes schnitzel and any other type of German food and is just the most lovable person you'd ever meet in your life and just wants to make you happy. There's uh, one. It's a cheese curd truck. So never in my life outside of some place like Wisconsin would I have thought fried cheese curds would be a thing. And let me tell you, hot fried cheese curds. It's, it's like heaven in your mouth. Like you bite into one of those and you just, it's a taste of heaven. If you like cheese. If you like cheese. I assume. Cheese. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not the biggest, uh, biggest cheese person in the world, but no lay du fromage or whatever. It's, it's omelette du fromage. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm Good just, old Dexter's lab candy. Come on. You don't hear the term broken French very often, but <laughs> that's wow. kind of what I broke into there. <laughs> um, but yeah. Circling back, like I, I saw these these um, brewing companies just bursting out of like all these downtowns that seem to have been kind of run down, and now they're 
all starting to come back on these small towns. Uh, and well, I guess bigger ish cities. I mean, Altoona is one of them, right? And it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just people are really gathering around the idea. So I think it's one of those things that if you can make it or if you make it in your garage, whatever, and it's any good, you should think about maybe going into an area because uh, pulling in some partnerships from other businesses, you'll probably have some awesome business, I would say. I, I agree and disagree with you. So if you want to, what you're talking about in the garage is homebrew, do the homebrew, have fun with it. I, I think a lot of it now, there's actually colleges that are teaching brewing schools. So you can actually go learn how to do it, make your different styles. It, it's more than just a hobby for people now. Um, like you said, you can go and make a business out of it, but it's the science. So you're getting people that are going in with chemistry degrees and figuring out how they can change their beer to make it taste like a strawberry muffin or something. So the science behind it is is just unbelievable. Is that why um, they're, they're able to do so many different kinds now? Because of advances in science or just because those are the particular type of people that are jumping into it? I think people just started to get these crazy ideas that said we wanted something other than beer that tastes like beer. Right. Um, we wanted to see what we could do with it and then experiment it. And it's a great experiment that just, you know, turned into something that's just awesome. But I don't think anybody ever foresaw that you would have, you know, you, you would go to like your beer store, or your distributor, and instead of five different kinds of beer that you knew, you'd have a choice of 200 and each one has its own particular taste and value. Right. Yeah. That's really interesting to me because a lot of people don't like beer. I mean, it's kind of like people in coffee, right? You either mm -hmm. love it or you kind of just, it's bitter, you know? <laughs> See, and then that's one of the points where I love as you, to go back to like the beer tasting. I have so many friends that, uh, like you said, they've, they're stuck in their ways. So it's, they either like one thing or they don't, and they're kind of afraid to branch out and try. Uh, being an enthusiast, I have a little bit of a collection and I love to, to kind of test people when I get together with them where it's, I want to find what you like. I want to break you out of your comfort zone. And it's kind of easy to do that and also have a nice time and be social with people. So I think that goes back to the whole downtown and restaurants where if you can do that and make people gather to it, it works. Yeah. I also think that the dy dynamic has changed now to where instead of breweries just being kind of like a bar scene where, you know, you would be 21 and older and go, it's become more of a family aspect where our generation at least doesn't want to just sit at home with their kids. We want to go out and do things with them. Right. So now there these brew pubs and breweries are having friendly spaces for children where you can gather, have birthday parties, events, and you know, they're kid friendly. So it, it's, it's changed the whole dynamic. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I noticed. Um, you know, obviously I don't go into, brewing companies for beer very often uh maybe oh i should probably mention why <laughs> you know <laughs> yes kenny why why don't you drink beer that that often yeah yeah i don't drink beer that often because i have epilepsy so um the type of medication i take doesn't interact well with alcohol and uh i could technically have one per day but they wouldn't recommend it and that's something that I kind of, you know, shy away from because it kind of negates um, the level of uh, medicine like in your blood for this particular, you know, type of, of medication that I take. So I kind of shy away from alcohol things, but it is incredibly interesting to me and I fully support the cause because of, of what it's able to do. But one thing I did notice uh, going down um, to different uh, brewing companies in, in Texas, maybe you can speak to this for Pennsylvania, was that a lot of older people were there. Like it, it's not just catching on with the young folks. It's it's like, oh, me and my 70 year old dad, we go and drink together and try out new things together. That seems to be a trend that was down there. Is it the same here? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's now become its own culture. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, you grew up and you had that first beer with your dad growing up or, you know, you got, you took, took yourself out when you were 21 and had those first drinks. But instead of just going out to the bar with the intent of, you know, drinking to excess, it's, you're going out and you're making it a family or some type of, uh, gathering. 
so yeah, I'm definitely seeing a lot of, of older people where it's like, oh, I, you know, I brought my dad, I brought my mom with me. We're going to try this. We came to try this new beer. It's really cool. So it's, it's just fun to see different generations that are getting involved in it. Cool. And, and I did want to ask you and put you on the spot a little bit, Uh-oh. but I know you're excessively knowledgeable, so it shouldn't be that hard. Beers made in Pennsylvania. Give me your top five. Ooh. Top 10. Top five in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of styles right now, and there's a lot of good breweries. Um, uh, let's not do the beers. Let's do the, the actual brewing companies themselves. How about that? Okay. Um, top five in PA. Well, I might make some people mad on this, but there's, there's so many good ones. Um, out near me, one of the top ones would definitely be Tired Hands Brewing. Uh, they... They're a bunch of crazy dudes that started out at different breweries out here experimenting with stuff, and they just make some tasty beers. Um, there's a lot that are out um, in Pittsburgh. I will say Levante, the other one that's close to me, those guys, they're just super nice. They make great beer, so I think they're they're up there in my top ten. Um, Pittsburgh has a couple, so Dancing Gnome is one. Those guys just make phenomenal beer. I, I don't think I've had anything from them that's bad. Um, uh, some new breweries out there, Hitchhiker, Cinderlands, um, a couple in the middle of the state. There's a bunch of just little guys. It, it's hard to say like top 10 cause there's just so many of them. I mean, like I said, there's probably 20 or so in a 10 minute radius. Yeah, minutes. that's, that's a good answer. I, I don't think you should rank them to begin with <laughs> 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 because yeah, it's, it is good to shed the light on them, but, um, uh, what about have you had voodoo brewing i i have had voodoo voodoo is up there i just I, sometimes i forget about them yeah well th- i think that's because it's kind of tucked away up in meadville where it's like not quite in erie it's not quite in pittsburgh you know it's that- kind of i know they have multiple locations now but mm-hmm. but um and they've really expanded but that's the thing that whenever i ask people about that part of the state they're like you gotta go to voodoo you got to go yeah. to Voodoo. And maybe that's just a, a product of also their establishment because I heard it's pretty cool in there too. But well, it's- one of their buildings is actually an old firehouse. So you get there and it has the doors and everything and you get in there and it still has that old firehouse feel. But inside it's a brewery. So you get to get in there. There's long wooden tables. Um, there's some like board games and things you can do. But just super cool laid back areas. And as I said, they produce great beer. Um, the thing that they're actually known for, what they call the barrel room collection beers. So one thing that breweries have started doing that it takes time. So instead of just producing a beer that might take you know a month or two, they started aging them. Hmm. So they start putting them in different barrels, where it be wine barrels. Um, but the main one they're using now is bourbon. So you get this nice, rich flavor that goes with you know a dark beer. And they age them for something like five years in different barrels. And you can add different adjuncts like vanilla, maple syrup, cinnamon, or fruit to add different flavors. And Voodoo has done that with a lot of their beers. And I think uh, on a couple different websites in the past year or two, they've had either the top rated beer or the, some like the top five rated beers that anyone had drank all year. Oh, wow. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, and I think one had a great name and a, a label. It was called Man Bear Pig. <laughs> I don't know if we have any South Park fans. There are a lot of uh, creative names and labels, aren't there? There are. Yeah. And I, I, I hate to bring up Philly sports but uh, because I'm not a fan, but they do have a new mascot. I don't know if you've seen it for the Flyers. Oh, my goodness, that thing. Yeah, it's called Gritty, but it's really nightmare fuel for you know children. <laughs> it's like the thing that people see when they wake up in the middle of the night and their bodies aren't awake yet. when i saw that i was like that's the thing that people describe right there and they just tell you you didn't see anything you know don't (laughs) worry about that guy but there's been a couple breweries out here that as you said there's interesting names and stuff where they literally take things like that and they turn it into a beer type so one actually made an orange cream ale called nightmare fuel with like a picture of it on there oh that's awesome so (laughs) <laughs> yeah people aren't uh weren't kind to it on twitter when it first re- released yeah I, I i can only imagine i i only read some of them not all of them but yeah but 
um, it is funny that that you talked about the you know repurposing the firehouse or whatever. A lot of these places aren't new buildings; they're they're repurposing repurposing things like here in uh in Lidditz, that is it Appalachian Brewing. Yes, Appalachian. I, I always say Allegheny Brewing, and I always you know screw it up. But uh, they're repurposing an old train state train station that doesn't you know you just don't need it anymore. But when you walk in, it's just so awesome. It just gives you that old world feel like something used to be here and you repurpose it and it's just kind of cool. I mean, it, it's like when you used to walk into like a TGI Fridays and you'd see all the junk on the wall when, as a kid and you'd be excited. But this year, like they used to like people used to come here and go places. Right. And now they come here to talk about the places they've been and drink a beer. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people think about alcohol in a certain way, you know, like frat parties and <laughs> getting yeah. drunk and everything, but, but there's a lot more to it, you know, especially now in, in Pennsylvania, there's just so much more to what surrounds the beer than just the beer itself that it, it's just uh, really cool to see. And I, I can't wait to see where it goes. I mean, it, it's already come so far from where it's been, where, you know, you would see people in their college days where your, your one goal is to go out and, and get, get a little drunk and, you know, do something crazy. And now it's, you know, a lot of people go out after work and it's and it's that social time where you can get together with people and kind of just chill out. And it's just real fun that that's where it's coming. I love that you mentioned Appalachian Brewing Co. because out here in Westchester in our downtown, they actually just moved in about a month ago. Oh, OK. So they're they're continuing to expand as well. Their menu is really good, actually. I, I haven't heard bad things. Um, and they actually took over an old venue. Uh, it used to be a music hall. That actually, I think, was owned partially by Bam Margera, and then it was bought locally by uh, a brewery that is no longer in business called Boxcar, and their main thing was to help the dying train economy. And now Appalachia has come in and taken over this space, and you know I've driven past it several times, and it always seems to be full. So I'm gonna have to go and check it out. Yeah, definitely do that. I, I highly recommend. Uh, I mean, a lot of them, a lot of these places have really good food too. They they really uh, put something into it because they want the experience to be amazing i think and i think most of them realize that it's not just one thing to brew beer and bring people in but going back to the family aspect it it really drives it home when you have a good menu and you can bring people there for something other than beer for instance you i mean you're not going out to these places saying oh you know i really want to have this beer normally it's you're out with your family and it's well we need to eat as well and if they don't have good food you're probably not going to go back yeah that's true that's definitely true. I, I haven't been to one that's just beer tasting, I don't think. Um, I have been to one that they have pretzels, and the pretzels are really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got the pretzels and had a great time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you, you kind of segued into Westchester there a little bit. Yes. Maybe you should be doing Westchester. my job. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I kind of like what I do, and I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but... Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, so why don't you start talking about where you are now? So I am in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'd like to clarify this is not West Chester or, or the west of Chester. It is Westchester. So it's its own little town um, inside of the state. So it's in Chester County, PA, which is southeast PA. So um, I did mention the flyers and some others. So it is about 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city of Philadelphia. I need to stop uh, you there. Okay. Your explanation may not be completely true. Uh-oh. You said you said it's not the west of Chester, uh, but is it the west in Chester County? Technically. Oh! Well, a- actually, no, it's not. I'm sorry. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, sorry, I was trying to trip you up there, but still, <laughs> now I'm trying to steal your thunder. But I'm always trying to do that to me. Kendrick. I know, I know. I'm sorry, but there is no such place as Chester. Just there point. actually, there, there actually is such place as Chester. Seriously, I, I am dead serious. So but they're not connected. No. Oh, okay. So just, there is Chester, and there is Westchester. Ah, if I'm going to be I've, doing this for a while, I should probably know all of the map, right? <laughs> you should probably start, you know, familiarizing yourself with a little I'm, bit. Of I'm it. working it on it. I'm working on it. But there's a lot of places in Pennsylvania. I first moved out here and it's like, oh, where are you? Oh, I'm in Westchester. And people were like, oh, whoa, whoa, Westchester. I was like, no, no, like the town of Westchester. They're like, oh, 
okay, you're you, that's all right. <laughs> There's different places around here. It's like every you know city or town or in every um, uh, what do we have? Not boroughs. Uh, oh, what am I thinking? I'm, I'm it's killing me. Counties. There you go. Counties. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Tell me. But, tell me more about Westchester. Uh, no, Westchester is this awesome little town that I found moving out here for a job. Um, it happened to be right out of college, moved here, didn't really know anybody or anything. And I've been here almost 10 years going on right now. Um, it's the county seat of Chester County. It's, uh, you know, located in the center of the borough. Um, it probably has about 110,000 people or so in it. Uh, some awesome little fun facts. Uh, it's got a thriving downtown. I think in the past two years, uh, in various magazines nationally, it was rated one of the best uh, downtowns or top 10 places to live in the United States. There are a lot of places in Pennsylvania getting that designation, at least on the list for a lot of places. So Westchester itself, it is basically a town that surrounds or is surrounded by a college. So one end you have Westchester University. Um, one of the higher rated universities in the state, obviously not something like um, Penn, not as big as like Penn State, but still big for the area. It brings a lot of kids and businesses in um, a lot of good education that goes on there. See a lot of the kids coming in and out of town and I drive past there for various reasons. Um, but yeah, it's this awesome place. There's so much different business that comes in. Um, one of the things I really like about Westchester as a, a town itself The downtown area has a little bit of everything. So it's one of those um, where, I mean, it's not just where you can go out with your your adult friends and family, but you can take your your whole kids and everybody else downtown as well, and you're going to find something. Whether it be you want to go out for a meal or you're up in the morning and you want to go to brunch, there's easily like 20 to 30 different restaurants that have a little bit of everything. Yeah, I am... What are some of those in particular? Like, let's let's talk about places to eat first. Well, when we're talking places to eat, it depends on what type of food you want. And I mean, the reason I say this is I know my wife and I here, uh, we've lived in the Westchester area for probably the past four or five years together. And there's so many restaurants that we haven't gone to because they just keep popping up or they've been around and we haven't had a chance we actually um, had talked about getting one of those like speak and say wheels where it just kind of rotates and it chooses a different restaurant for you. But we went with a popsicle stick jar. Yeah. So, how's that working? Uh, it's good. We've gone to, you know, five or six places that we'd never thought we'd gone to before and had great experiences. How I about mean, how about explain that? Because there are, you know, people who live in, say, Pittsburgh, Philly or any place that has just too many things to ever try in a lifetime. Uh Explain your your process there. So the process that I took on this was that uh, people, we, we were creatures of habit. So we tend to find what we like and just continue going to those places and never really, you know, branch out and get out of our comfort zone. So to try what's in the area so we can really, you know, give our friends and family that come here the best experience, we wanted to experience everything ourselves. So one day we sat down and took a, a handful of popsicle sticks And we just wrote every restaurant in Westchester on it. And, you know, random times during the month, maybe two or three times, we will just say, go into the jar and grab a popsicle stick. And that's what we're going to eat tonight. It could be anything from Mexican, Vietnamese, Italian, um, you know, pub food, upscale, Mediterranean. It's crazy the amount of food that is available to us, you know, 10, 15 minutes away from me. Right. And such a, I don't want to call it a small area, but it kind of is, you know, their, their downtown is, you know, four blocks or whatever. Yeah, it's some, a little like bigger that. than four blocks. Uh, well, I, I'm talking about, yeah. uh, you know, one after, after the other in succession going this way. But anyway, yeah, it's probably <laughs> somewhere between five and eight if you really go all the businesses. But yeah, I mean, for its footprint, yes, there is so much that is kind of crammed into there. You wouldn't expect to get such a plethora of, of businesses and, and different types of food in there. And not only just the, the sheer amount of it, but it's all really good. So one thing that I've actually noticed about Westchester is uh, people are very critical about the restaurants and food that comes in there. So in saying that, it's 
if things don't get good reviews, it, it's kind of like a big city like New York or San Francisco where it's a death you sentence, know, basically. Yeah. It, yeah. Basically, if it comes out and people said, oh, we went there and we didn't have a good experience or the food wasn't good, places normally don't last long. Mm-hmm. But we're finding the, the places that are up there now have been there for five plus years and don't show any signs of going anywhere. So that's awesome. Uh, how about, okay, there are two that I can think of then that, that we can discuss. Where's the place that we went for your bachelor weekend? That place was so cool. Oh, um, <laughs> it, it had like the, the wheels on the walls or whatever, like old wood and like all, all that stuff. Oh, I think, um, oh man, you're killing me. I think we went to the Ram's head. That Did we be. have nachos? No, not that I recall. Or or was that before the wedding? It was before the wedding. Okay, that's the split rail tavern. Yes, that place. Yes. That's it. Yeah. No, that that place is awesome. Um that beforehand had been nightclubs and some other businesses that I said just kind of fizzled out because they weren't getting that um a group of builders came in, bought it, renovated it, some restaurant owners from Philly. And really did it right. Um, it's one of those places where you go in, like you said, it has this old wood feel to it where it just kind of makes you feel at home. Uh, really good tap list, um, some good liquor and everything. Funny enough, they're one of the few places in town, um, for all you people out there that aren't beer drinkers, they have wine on tap. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Really? They actually have wine on tap. How's that no bottles work? required. How's that work? Essentially, it, it, you just keg it and you can just, you know, pour it from there. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that place? Like, It was awesome. <laughs> I mean, you guys had such such diverse dishes uh, that we each got something different pretty much. And it all looked amazing. Uh, and But, you know, I for me, I love atmosphere. Yes. You know, I... I I care what things taste like, of course, uh, if they're, <laughs> I don't want to go there if it's not good, but I have gone to places that were less good because the atmosphere is just awesome for whatever reason. And even if the food wasn't really good, like it, you know, it was, um, just all the, the, you know, wood and everything that they, they kind of restored it with and all of that, just, it just really stuck out as something, someplace that I would want to go for sure. Yeah, and and not only that, it, it the other part, not only the atmosphere and the food is also like the service and the ambiance they create. So we walked in there, and I, you know we were greeted. They sat us, and they they kind of treated you like family. Like you know, what's your special date? You know, we have this, but if you're really craving this, I'd go with that one. Like, mm-hmm. That's the type of service and things that that keeps people coming back. Right, absolutely. And the other one, uh, where in the world was that gigantic pizza from? Oh dear! Yeah, that's in Westchester, right? It, it it's one of the locations is in Westchester. Yes. Please talk about that place because I think All people right. need to know about gigantic pizza. I don't know if anybody has ever watched any other travel show with pizza in it, but the l- large pizza has now become a phenomenon. And one of the first that I know of or had ever heard of was a place called Lorenzo's and Sons Pizza. So its birthplace is South Street, Philadelphia, mm. where. They only do toppings on Tuesdays for whatever reason, but they do a 28-inch pizza. So it, it, to put this into perspective, look at the size of like the door to a regular house. That's how wide the pizza box is. So, so you get it. How do you and, get it in without tipping it? And it it barely fits within the door. Oh, okay. <laughs> barely. Trust me, I've I've tried several times just to make sure. I was gonna say, do you go not on Tuesdays so there are no toppings <laughs> to spill everywhere? <laughs> Well, in Westchester, they have toppings every day of the week. So, oh, okay. Um, we, we do have that luxury. They also have some other menus on, or items on the menu that you can get. But to put it into perspective, the pizza is about the size of your head or a small child. Right. So one slice is, is about like yay big. And if you can eat more than one, props to you because you've basically eaten a whole medium pizza. So how much does something like that cost? Is it regular pizza prices or is it a little more? It's just a little bit more, I think, for a, you know the large, which is that cheese. It might be twenty-eight or thirty dollars, hmm. but I mean, you can easily they cut into eight, 
and you can feed eight people easily with that. Right. If, if you can't, I think you've got a problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was curious. I opened your fridge and I went, what is this? <laughs> and then I said, that's just breakfast. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So, so besides uh, those two places and I mean, you really, you didn't have to call out specific places. You really touched on all the genres uh, that you have, you, you said like Vietnamese and all the other stuff. So it's really cool that you have that many different types of places there and you can just walk down the street and go, yeah, I'm not feeling that today. I'm not feeling that today. I'm kind of feeling, uh, you know, I want Thai food today and you just walk right in, you know, we've got that too. And the other thing too, is let's say you go up and you're not really feeling a full meal or something, but you have that sweet tooth. There are so many different places you can just walk into and get different types of dessert. I mean, we've got cookie places, we've got gelato places, um, we've actually got unbaked cookie dough places. Uh, that's kind of a craze now, where you can walk in and you're like, what do I want? Well, I want cookies and cream dough. Unheard of, but blows your mind. Isn't that unsafe? So, it would be. <laughs> don't, don't, your, you know, the mom usually says, hey, uh, don't actually eat that. Yeah, don't eat raw cookie dough. Well, most of these places either use pasteurized flour or they make it without eggs. Oh. So there's no chance of getting salmonella or anything bad from it. So it's completely safe to eat. Okay. Yeah. Trust I, me, I, I, I've checked. Are, are one of those, I thought I saw something about like they put it in uh, ice cream cones. Is that yes. that same thing? Some of them can do, you can do ice cream cones. The other thing, um, you can do a cookie dough milkshake. Hmm. So yeah, think about, you know, like your average milkshake, but then there's like this raw cookie dough in it that's just even more decadent. That sounds... Or you can just get it in a container and just, you know, eat it like the person that you want to be. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> so let's move on then to things to do. What's what's nearby or in Westchester? Things to go see, do, you know, museums, hiking, just you name it. Uh, things around Westchester, there's so much. Um, as far as shopping and things like that. There's a couple malls that are, you know, within 10 to 20 minutes, or we've got King of Prussia, which is 45 minutes away or so. Um, so we've got kind of every kind of store that you would want. As far as just activities in general, there's things for everybody. We've got things for indoor people, things for outdoor people. Uh, one of the big things in the summertime out here is people love the outdoors. So there are so many different hiking trails or riding trails and walking trails that you can go on. Um, funny enough, I actually just read an article yesterday that one of the things that Westchester is trying to do right now and pass is a 21-mile extension of one of their um, biking and walking paths. Rails to trails? It's it's kind of like rails to trails, but better. Oh. Yeah. How is it different? Uh, completely paved, everything maintained, taken care of. And what they're trying to do is extend it from... Uh, the downtown of Downingtown hmm. to go all the way into downtown Philly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there, there's roundabout ways where you can kind of cut through neighborhoods now, but they want to make it one collective trail so that it's really one of those, you know, experiences where you can start at one end, go into Philly, you know, relax in there, have a meal or lunch or whatever, and then kind of go back and, you know, have a nice little day of it. That's quite the bike ride. It, it is. Sounds I've very tiring. <laughs> It, it is. It's it's one of those you hurt the next day, but you've accomplished something. Yeah, that's true. I could see that. Uh, I mean, as far as other things, we've got a lot of movie theaters, so you can always go see you know the latest movie. We've got different places that are popping up. I don't know if you've seen this. There's the axe throwing, which is becoming popular. What do you mean? So you can actually like go to these places and throw axes, like like, like a gun hatchets. range, but for hatchet throwing. Exactly. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So we got a couple of those places that are starting to pop up. Um, other things, uh, escape rooms. Uh -huh. There's probably five or ten escape rooms in the area. And I don't know if you've ever heard of these or seen them, but basically uh, these companies come in and they theme them. I think the one in Westchester is the Bates Motel. So it's got that horror theme, you know, from previous Halloween. That's awesome. The one in Lancaster that um, Dart and I went to. Uh, we tried to solve an eight-person room with just the two of us. Oh. We made it two-thirds of the way. <laughs> but not bad. Yeah, but it was medieval-themed, so it was really cool. There were knights everywhere and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Just uh, Like I said, we got the college here, too. 
So there's always some sports going on different nights. Uh, if you're out on certain nights of the week, you can hear the band practicing. Um, so many different high schools in the area too. So depending on where I would be located with my house in the Westchester borough, I think there's five or six different high schools that I could go to depending on that. So you've got, you know, high school sports, you've got college sports. There's just so much to do. There's, um, uh, social leagues, sports and social leagues that are in the area. So I know, um, there's what the, like Philadelphia sports league, the Westchester sports association, um, Westchester rec sports that does the different things other than volleyball. So, I mean, there's, there's just so much to do out here and I've only just, you know, seen the tip of it because of what I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of what else to, uh, discuss. Oh, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, whenever I came to your house the one time I saw this fat, like this small, but fat book. And I was like, what's this? You know? So I walked over and it said something about Westchester. So I started leafing through and there are a lot of community events that go on there that they really support the community. Yeah. So one of the nice things about Westchester, we have so many different associations that just try to keep Westchester, you know, beautiful and nice and, and make sure that there are these family events. Um, we have several different parks around us that throughout the year host events, whether it be a movie night. So, you know, they're showing an old Disney movie and they're projecting it on the screen or they're just hosting like local concerts and things. Um, one of the things that we just had was our local rotary club did a chili cook-off and it's their biggest fundraiser for the year. So basically, you know, take a few thousand people that come up to the downtown at like 7 a.m. and start cooking gallons upon gallons of chili. And you get to go up for about $12. And for three hours, you get to eat as much chili as you want and rank them. And it's always, it's just a fun thing you can do with your friends and, you know, go see who wins and eat a lot of really good food. So you're the judge. I I, I was a personal judge of my own, but not one of the actual judges, but yes. But they do give you. Uh, oh, you don't wood- vote. You don't turn these in or well, whatever. You, you get these uh, little wooden like nickels. Uh huh. And you get to vote for who you like so for like people's choice. Oh, okay. So if you like them, you give them your nickel. And there's normally um, like things you can vote for too is like best booth. Like some of the fire companies or ambulances will have like the sirens. So when someone gives them a, a token, they set the siren off and kids go wild. Oh, that's cool. One of them this year had um, the full Westchester cheerleading team helping them. So anytime you donated, the Westchester girls would do a cheer. So it was kind of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, uh, and one thing that I always forget to ask about is uh, where to stay. Are there any cool hotels or B&Bs that you know about that if people do come to Westchester for the day and, you know, don't feel like driving all the way back, where where could they stay that you know of in the area besides your house? Well, obviously my house. Yeah. <laughs> if it's you, Kenny, only for the PA traveler. <laughs> oh, thank you. But uh, uh, yeah, so there's actually this really cool place in the middle of downtown uh, that's a, a refurbished hotel that they opened up about a year or two ago called Hotel Warner. And and when I say right in the middle of downtown, it's literally a block off the middle of downtown. Uh, it's a smaller niche hotel, but you can get in there. They've got their own parking and you can literally walk anywhere in five minutes. So it's one of those, even myself, I've thought of a couple nights of, you know, if I go up there and I, I don't really feel like going home or I just want to get away and kind of feel like I'm on vacation for a night, just get a hotel and stay there. And it's great. That's awesome. And what about, is there um, like a state park nearby that, or a campground that you know of? You know, there's several actually. I, I had a friend of mine who uh, lived in a camper for a while and uh, out of a campground and, you know, it was maybe 10, 15 minutes away from the downtown area. You can get to everywhere. It's, it's got everything. There's actually a couple state parks in the area. I know one of the big ones is Ridley Creek. Mm. You can actually go out there. You can hike. There's picnic areas. You can fish. I mean, there's just so many things that are so close to us. It's, it's almost unfair. That's awesome. So Westchester, you highly recommend it. I mean, I highly recommend it. Um, but just don't take my word for it. I would say you see for yourself because you never know what's in your own backyard. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I've been doing this. So um, there, uh, there is one last thing about uh, food trucks that just struck me is that we were saying that that's something that doesn't exist 
too much, but it's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a culinary background. What do you think about, do you think uh, people who, you know, make delicious food should consider opening one of those instead of a restaurant just because uh, they kind of can corner the market at this point? You know, I, I think if you know how to make delicious food and you have the right plan, go for it. But it it's a lot of work. And I, and I think a lot of people don't understand that. But I mean, what, definitely, food trucks? Yeah. Or food trucks and restaurants. It's more so than restaurants, do you think? Yeah. Well, really? It's not just, I mean, not only do you have to do everything, but you have to do it on the truck. It's a confined space. You have to have all your licenses in order. And if you don't do something well, you're not going to survive. Yeah, that's true. So you need to kind of know what you're going to do and you have to separate yourself from everyone else. Because if you're just doing the same hamburgers and hot dogs, why are they going to go to you over the, you know, any old Joe Schmo? Right. Yeah. So PA needs even more breweries and even more food trucks. Huzzah. And go to Westchester. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to add before we get going? Uh, I mean, just one more thing when you said like festivals and stuff. I know the downtown Westchester, uh, especially when the summer hits, one of the cool things is um, they have first Friday, every Friday of the month, I think from May until August or September, and swing and summer Thursdays. So you can go uptown on certain days and you know the streets are blocked off and there's bands playing. You can check out some you know different shopping and food retailers and stuff. So it's it just a real cool homey feel and it's one of those you know, when I first moved across the state, I never thought I would get that feeling again of a place where it's like, you know, you belong and everything is there. And this really turned into that place. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Ben, thank you so much for being on and telling everybody about your awesome little town and sharing your knowledge of beer. I'm sure everybody appreciates it. I hope so, Kenny. Yeah. So uh, to everyone out there, we'll see you later.